Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at hostpapa.com. Click the banner on the right left chronicles.com for premium unlimited web hosting with the highest rated reviews at the lowest prices. Coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to Dueling Dialogues, episode 133. I'm Connor Murphy here with Grace Matthews. Hi, Grace. How are you? Okay. My toes are cold. Oh. Yeah, that time of year, isn't it? Cool oh my too. gosh, the high here today will be 38. I don't even think it's going to get to 38. Overnight, it's supposed to get down to 16. Ooh, my This is very my. early, and uh, we don't really get that cold that often. And of course, you know how nutty things happen to me? Yeah. I mean, my toes aren't just cold because it's cold. Okay. I... Someone gave me some of those copper socks. Have you seen that ad? No, I haven't. Okay, they're they're socks with copper through them, and it's supposed to be all gray, you know, for aches and pains. I don't really have foot aches. Okay, so to heat up your feet, you need steel socks. Something like that. (laughs) I'm a boot girl, okay? Oh, yeah. You know, the minute I can, I wear boots. Okay. So I wear them with my boots yesterday. And I have them on for an extraordinary long time. I take my boots off and I think, gosh, my feet are itching, you know? On top of my feet, I have like burn places. Oh, no way. Where my boots caused friction with the socks. Oh, wow, no way. So don't wear copper socks with boots. Wow, sounds like a lawsuit. It's painful. <laughs> it's it's horrible. Oh. Well, and, and, of course, it's like the coldest day of the year, you know? Yeah. And I can't. I've got to have my feet yeah. uncovered. <laughs> ex nay on the copper socks for me. No copper here. No. Oh, my gosh. Uh, crazy it's a crazy world crazy things happen copper socks what's next yeah copper socks (laughs) (laughs) we got a big show we sure do it's almost like take a deep breath yeah i know lots of because it's just oh my gosh it just gets crazier and crazier yeah okay we all know tucker carlson yeah he's on fox we also, we reviewed his book, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, yeah. Ship of Fools, right? Um, which is a very middle of the road. I mean, he certainly attacks Republicans and conservatives just as much as he does liberals. On his show, he, he's forceful and um, he's, he's very conservative himself, but he always has people from the opposite side, the liberal side, talk. Now, sometimes he interrupts them. There's no doubt about it. (laughs) I think it would be hard to say that he is a racist. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think his book brought a lot of things to light. And I think he does on his show sometimes. So he steps on toes. Yeah, for sure. Brave man. So, a couple nights ago, um, Antifa showed up at his house. 
blocked off both ends of his street that he lives on in D.C. and began pounding, screaming. Uh, there's a lot of them. There's video out there. Um, threatening wow. his family. Luckily, his four children were gone, but his wife was home alone. She thought it was a home invasion. She was terrified. She called the police. They think she called her brother-in-law because her husband's on the air. What is he supposed to do? Um, And um, buries herself in her pantry. Unbelievable. Wow. Um, They wrote, um, or they used like spray paint to uh, paint Antifa symbols on the house in the driveway. Um, Wow. I would have shot somebody in the face. Well, you know, in D.C., it's very hard to have a gun. You know, everybody's always talking about, take the guns away and everything will be great. Well, in a few of these areas that they've taken the guns away, things aren't great. Yeah, well, I think it would have had a different ending if it would have been in Texas. It would have definitely had a different ending. Because then it would have been like bringing a sign to a gunfight. You know, I'm sure the neighbors would have shot their faces off. You know, well, and, and you know, it's very concerning. Yeah, yeah. they can't get Texas away with that. or here in Missouri, your neighbors would definitely shoot their faces off. So, um, wow, they're getting braver and braver or stupider and stupider. Well, and it's also getting old. You say something somebody doesn't like and they start screaming, you're a racist. Yeah, well, they pull the race card or whatever card they need to sexism yeah yeah whatever yeah um but but it's it's really ridiculous you know and it it takes me back to a couple of weeks ago the megan kelly incident where she simply said when i was young black people would put on white makeup for halloween and dress as a character and black people and white people might put on black makeup and dress up as a character and she was fired from nbc yeah well um, we we well, know that's be, not the reason she was fired because we they, do know they, that, but, they knew they made a mistake but just to update and of course but of course they use the race card yeah but jenna hager bush no jenna bush Hager, excuse me president bush's daughter that works for nbc said she was horrified when Megan said this, horrified. Horrified. Now, you know, her little pampered ass needs to come to the Ozarks and see some shit. Because if that horrifies you, <laughs> yeah, no. Let kidding. me tell you, you need to go hide someplace. Yeah, that that's not cool. Well, and it took me back. All of this took me back to um, about three years ago. I was working on a play with a black guy. Okay. He was telling me the story. I was doing the writing, correct? And I would go, oh, Albert, I can't say that. And he goes, you pansy-ass white woman. It's what (laughs) happened. You've got to say what happened. Yeah. So I'm wondering how many black people these people have horrified. Yeah. I'm guessing not many. Probably not. I think uh, way more horrifying things are concerning to black people than something about her childhood and wearing blackface. Seriously, how sensitive do we need to get? 
Well, it it, it, it doesn't. Makes me think to the baby boomers, raise some carrots that just are a little bit wimpy. Well, it, it's come down to we have to censor everything. Everything we do. We've got to be our own censor. And, and if somebody gets mad at you, they're going to call you a racist, a misogynist, a sexist. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I'm sure there's something I'm missing, but... And they that, do it on social media, it. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not face-to-face like it should be. It's out at, out there on Facebook and Instagram or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and you know, and people that really do have issues and horrifying life situations, you're diminishing them. Yeah. When, when you are horrified by something like that, you are diminishing people that have, like, sick babies and really bad things going on in their life. Absolutely. And shame on you for that. And shame on um, Jim Acosta. Yeah, no kidding, eh? Yeah, but the president got the I last word that. for the moment. <laughs> he lost his credentials. Well, you know what? And the and the left is going crazy about that. Like no other president has ever kicked out anybody out of the press, you know, taking oh, away their press credentials. Every president has. I'm pretty how damn sure about that. How disingenuous. And and that's how they are with Trump. They're just disingenuous. Here's the facts. And, Here's the facts. You're giving a press conference, so you invite the press in. Invite. That means, as a member of the press, you are a guest. So what do you do at a party when a guest gets unruly and a little bit crazy? You toss him out. So why exactly. are they freaking out so bad? Makes no sense. I would have tossed his ass out right there in the press conference if I was the president, tell you the truth. I would have done it when he behaved that way over and over again with uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I he would have lost his chance with me a long time ago because he also starts this chain reaction within the press corps. Yeah, all of a sudden it's like a gang of bullies. It. Yeah. Well, and it's no doubt that he's going to end up being some sort of martyr over this. Yeah. But you know what? If I was the president, I really wouldn't give a damn. No. You know, you need to set some rules. You need to have some guidelines. And and people need to respect the White House, respect the presidency. I don't care whether he respects Trump or not. Yeah, you were a guest. Yeah, and he was baiting Trump anyway. He was badgering him. Yeah. We don't let an attorney badger a, a, a criminal on the stand. <laughs> yeah. So stop it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you have things like that go on, and then you have us fighting censorship. Now, you know, we don't have a big staff no. to be all creative. We have us two plus the alternate us two. I have me, myself, and I. On this end, exactly. Here. And um, so, when we did our show the other day on woke, which is a word used by Antifa, we posted on several platforms a picture of Antifa holding up a sign that said "danger." No big deal. Right. It, I it, think it so. wasn't racist. It wasn't igniting anything. It was just a said "danger." Our show went flat, okay? We were getting nothing for a day and a half. 
and it finally occurred to me, oh dear, maybe they don't like the picture. So on the platforms I could, I changed the picture to the to the old standby where you got the scrabble and you write out the words. Right. And the show took off. <laughs> so. So not only are they censor- censoring our titles, they're censoring our images, our feature images with. Exactly. Wow. And it took me 35 photos to get to one they would accept. Unbelievable. Wow. So, I mean, censorship is taking place um, and nowhere in our episode did we incite violence or racism. No, we didn't talk about shooting anybody in the face like this episode. No, (laughs) no, we didn't, did we? (laughs) So, so to our listeners out there, we will not have Antifa in our title, nor will we have an Antifa image in in this episode, anyways. Exactly. Okay, and right after we um, recorded. Yeah, I know. It was like five minutes, right? I know what you're going to say. Jeff Session quit. And everybody's shocked on the left. Oh, my God. The people with derangement syndrome went crazy. Yeah. Who in their right mind? I'm only surprised that on the East Coast they made it through lunch before it happened. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, there is nobody that didn't know it was going to happen after midterms. In fact, his letter was written and undated. So it was <laughs> sitting there waiting. Yeah, pretty much. And he should have went because, you know, he recused himself after the president put him in office. Yeah. I mean, what a jerkwad. He yeah. didn't even tell the president he was going to recuse himself. <laughs> I don't think anybody is bothered by the fact that he recused himself. It's why the hell didn't you tell the president that you had Uh. something in your background that made you feel you needed to recuse yourself from the Russian investigation into election tampering. Yeah, no doubt. You surely to hell knew about it. Yep. Okay, so everybody's all up in arms. They're calling it a constitutional crisis. Now, if you will remember, when he put Jeff Sessions in that position, it was a constitutional crisis. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. These people are fickle as a pickle. Yeah, I know. And and you know what? Some of them are really intelligent people. And I just... Yeah, well... I know. Intelligent on other things, you know. They're not other things. Okay. Like, you know, uh, what's in Cheerios? I mean, what? Well, they're not Forrest Gump. Put it that way, right? You know, they're. Actually, I think Forrest Gump would be a step up. Yeah. I've had to censor myself right there. Okay, so they put Matthew Whitaker, his chief of staff, in as acting um, attorney general. And now they say he's illegal. (laughs) Now, the reason they're probably saying he's illegal is about a year ago, he wrote an op-ed for 
I don't know, Washington Post, New York Times, something that said he thought that the Russian collusion Mueller investigation was pretty far-reaching. But mostly he said that it needed perimeters. Hmm. Um, and the perimeters would not allow Mueller to just go on a witch hunt and say, okay, well, we didn't really find anything in Russian collusion, so now let's let's get into the Trump finances. Right. You know, right. that there, there would be perimeters. So now they, they say he's illegal. He, they don't want him because he might be fair. <laughs> he's just the oh, acting wow. director. I'm pretty sure that Trump needs to name someone so they can be confirmed in this lame duck session yeah. before the before we put in the new Congress and Senate. Um, so he's not going to be there that long. So there's a few names that have been thrown around, and one of them is Chris Christie. And he was at the White House yesterday. Now, the president said he did not meet with him, but please say no to Christie. Okay. Oh, my gosh, he is disturbing. Um, now, we remember Bridgegate, Beachgate, Donategate. I mean, he's got baggage. <laughs> he's probably so, got 10 to 12 million in the bank, too. Probably so. His wife worked works for Goldman Sachs, so she makes the money. Um, so oh, I fear yeah. they do have 10 to 12 million. Yeah, they probably got a lot more than that. Okay. Yeah. Well. So, okay, they're also talking about Rudy Giuliani. That would be stupid. Rudy can't be confirmed. They're never going to confirm him. Oh, I mean, Rudy's yeah. got stuff, business stuff. That's why he wasn't named in the first place, because Trump wanted him a lot more than he wanted Jeff Sessions. He knew he couldn't be confirmed. Yeah. The other name on the list is Lindsey Graham. He'd be a great choice. But can we afford to lose the Senate seat? Now, see, that's what they did with Jeff Sessions, too. We got in a pickle because we took him and we took, I think, was it Purdue? We took those guys and assuming, you know, that another Republican would get their seat. It doesn't always happen. Right. And then we got in the issue with McCain and the thumbs down. Yeah. Had we not given up those two guys, we would be in a different situation on health insurance also. So taking Lindsey Graham away from the Senate is a bad idea. I think we've got to come up with some more choices. Yeah. That's not looking too good. No. And um, I don't know. This sort of feels like Groundhog Day. Right. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. Again. Remember the hanging chads? No. Way back when, when um, Gore and Bush ran against each other for presidency. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And we had to wait six weeks. For Broward County. To count them? <laughs> to count them. Whoa. We are there again. Broward County is not done counting votes all of a sudden. Now, they were done the other night. <laughs> okay? And these people were declared winners, and everyone was going about their business. Well, 
that suddenly a librarian in a closet, you think I'm joking, I'm not, uh, 80,000 ballots that aren't counted, possibly 80,000 Democratic votes. Unbelievable. I don't even know what to say there. I think somebody better get their ass down there and see what's going on. Yeah. Sounds like... Now, I do not remember, but apparently the same thing happened in one of the congressional races in 2016. Oh, I never heard that. With Debbie Wasserman Schultz. They got rid of some of her opponent's votes. They actually threw them away illegally. And the woman that did that is still working in Broward County. Oh, my God. As the elections commissioner. It is ugly. The president has some people down there. Uh, Republicans and Democrats alike have hired attorneys. Wow. It is about to get ugly. Uh, People are protesting outside of election commission. Uh, and it, it doesn't look nice. Well, this uh, election commissioner, or whatever her role is, needs to go, obviously. Well, actually, in most cases, uh, someone would be in jail. Because yeah. Because it's, it's criminal to mess with elections. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, wow. Well, and... Um, you know, mental health is not something to joke about. Um, there was a shooting at a nightclub near Pepperdine College University in Thousand Oaks, California. Um, it was country western night. So they're playing country western music. Kids love to dance. This nightclub had a 2,500 square foot dance floor. Is that amazing? Wow. I could imagine I would have been there. Wow. Anyway, a guy comes in and with pistols. I don't I don't understand whether he had one and reloaded really fast or two. He also used smoke bombs. Um, he shot and killed 12 people, and then he's dead. Um they still are trying to determine whether he shot himself or whether the cops did. Among the 12 dead is a cop. Um, it's it's just sad. These these kids, it's sad. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but he's a Marine. He was an ex-Marine. Uh, he had been evaluated about a year ago. The psychologist thought that he was okay. He wasn't a threat to himself or anyone else. They were wrong. Um, is it PTSD? Did he have mental health issues before he went into the military? I mean, PTSD, there's a lot of people running around with PTSD. Yeah. Okay, if they don't shoot people up. I, I, I don't know, you know, gun laws are, are much like D.C. Gun laws are, California is the strictest state in the union. Um, so... It's hard to believe you could be more strict than they are. Yet in these very strict places like California, D.C., Illinois, you see the most gun violence. Yeah. Um, I don't so, think that would have happened in Texas 
in a Texas nightclub. Yeah, Pro- probably so. half the crowd there would have pulled their guns out and shot him. Yeah, yeah, and, sad, and we though. have seen Very sad. Um, many situations where people in the crowd having guns have saved a lot of lives. Yeah, you know, definitely. And that church shooting a little over a year ago in yeah. Texas. Yeah, that man that ran over there in his undies with his gun. Yeah, there's a, the there's, to the church. He saved many, many lives. There's a ton of uh, videos on YouTube of good Samaritans, you know, that were carrying a firearm that took care of a situation. Some of them saved a cop's life. Hmm. So I don't know. I don't know either. But our hearts go out to the victims and their families. It's horrible. Absolutely, every one of them. That's. You know, and especially the kids that have everything in front of them. There, There's nothing worse than a child, you know, a young person dying. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we have to ask, what's up with Heather Nauer? Now, we heard a week ago that she had been offered uh, Nikki Haley's job as ambassador to the UN. Today, yeah. as... Trump was getting ready to board Marine One to, I guess, go to Andrews to um, to the plane to get to Paris. Right. He said that um, Heather was certainly our top choice, but there were others too. So I, I'm thinking she's having a hard time deciding, do I really want to go through this confirmation? I think this is going to be a big deal. Because, first of all, these people don't make any money. Oh, okay. okay. Now, after, they, after they're after they done serving their time, they tend to make a lot of money. But during the process of or their term, they make very little money. Okay? Now, I think it's going to be harder and harder after the Kavanaugh hearings. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. To get people to go through this process. Yeah, all of a sudden she touched some dude when she was 12. You know, that's going to come out. (laughs) Absolutely. Every time, you know, you went to a party in college and you drank too much. Yeah. Yeah. So would, or, would you know, I take out with that guy, that bad boy that you wouldn't take home to mother? Well, if if, you know? if it was offered to me, I wouldn't take it. Would you? No. And there you no. go. Yeah. But and just to um, reiterate how bad the pay is, Alexandria Cortez. Yeah. It's a little girl that, you know, from the Bronx. Yeah. That's going to Congress now. Uh, She's a little socialist. Yeah, I read this story. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, she wants to know how she doesn't get a paycheck for three months. How's she supposed to get an apartment in (laughs) D.C.? And everybody's laughing at her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because really... Paying for there's a lot of those guys that sleep in their office. Yeah, Chavitz, Jason Chavitz, he slept on a cot in his office the whole time he was in Congress. He couldn't afford it. I mean, you know, DC is the highest real estate to rent or purchase in the world. Unreal, it's higher than Tokyo. What the hell? So, I mean, it's crazy. So, 
at the very least, Alexandria needs to understand she's going to need a way from Virginia to D.C. because she's not going to be able to afford an apartment in D.C. unless she gets her a sugar papa. Oh, no. Oh, no. Maybe Bernie will be her sugar papa. <laughs> Bernie Sanders, she could live in one of the extra bedrooms. Well, maybe they could get like place. maybe they could get like bunks, bunk beds. Wouldn't, or it, maybe the, she picture? could do something that would be very <laughs> cute. But or maybe she could do a favor for the Clintons and she could get ten to twelve million and she could afford <laughs> yeah. to pay a little rent for a flat. Yeah, exactly. So, or, Something or, tells know. me somebody will help her figure it out. Yeah, just go visit uh, Uncle Soros. Yeah, he'll help. Exactly. Yeah, Uncle Soros. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. that's she's, a scary she's got thing. Harsh that I know, yeah. and that's a scary thing because that could very well, ha- you know, happen, and then she's basically been bought. Yeah, I have a feeling a lot of those people are bought. I'd like to say that's a big deal. And it should be a big deal, but um, I think so many of them on both sides now are bought. It's not even funny. Yeah, and it starts right at the beginning. And then some <laughs> of them are lied about, too. Yeah, okay. oh, true. Um, I know one of the senators, I guess I can say that, has been shopping for a car. Okay. Okay. And um, apparently he hasn't been bought. It's very frugal. Oh. But the, there's lots of words out there that he has been. Hmm. So I, I also know that you have to be careful about what the truth is. Absolutely. So. Well, we're, we're going to have a long one today, but that's okay. Okay, good. Yeah, okay. That's totally fine. We'll, we'll just keep rolling here because we're over 30 minutes so far. And uh, it's still good stuff, and we best talk about your conference call this week. Okay, I did have the opportunity to be on a conference call with the president and others, as you will see. It was called One Vote to Victory. And as we have seen in Florida, Arizona, and to a certain extent, Georgia, the United States is big. A lot of people go vote. Sometimes... We are so split down the center that a few votes really can matter. So whatever you think, voting matters. Your yeah. vote matters. So um, the call started out, uh, Laura Trump, the president's um, daughter-in-law, she's married to Eric, his youngest daughter, his youngest son. Um, she kind of took over the call and it started out with, Kevin McCarthy, who we were hoping would take over Ryan's job, but it looks like Pelosi's going to be back there. Oh, lovely. As Speaker of the House. So, so um, he's just going to be the minority leader, I guess. Well, the host needs to catch up on some sleep, possibly. So. Yeah, it does, <laughs> definitely. But he noted that, you know, right now, America as we know it versus socialism is what is going on right now it, it's the fight yeah. and I, I it's the fight we're fighting and probably the fight we will be fighting till someone my age is is you know probably done 
Yeah. Um, it's, it's going to be a long battle, and we're going to continually be fighting to keep our democracy. Because a lot of people see socialism as something much different than it is. And we, and we can't really afford socialism. Right, right. But anyway, that was basically Kevin McCarthy's message. The next message came from Mitch McConnell. He's such a chipper guy. Um, he said a, a good economy can't be taken for granted. Right. And Shouldn't be. After 2008, I, you know, but housing prices still are not back to the pre-2008 prices we saw. Right. And it's probably going to take another couple of years. We thought they were going to get there this summer, um, but they're not. Actually, they've taken a bit of a step backwards because people still can't really qualify for the loans. Now, uh, does that have to do with banking laws that Trump can, you know, fix or deregulate? Um, Let's hope that that's enough to ignite that market. Yeah. The next person that spoke was Rona McDaniel, and she's the one that talked a lot about how very few votes can make a difference, even one vote. Um, we're seeing that down in Florida right now, and we yeah, will continue well, to talk yeah. about that. That's just going was, to be was an gonna, ongoing situation. I was going to say, she should have been in Florida, maybe. Yeah, she should have. Um, Eric Trump um, pointed out several um, economic numbers. First of all, we are 3.7% unemployment. Wow. That's like, I don't ever remember being that low in my lifetime. Um, we have more jobs than people right now. Wow. We have about 8 million available jobs and only about 6 million people looking for jobs. Unreal. And obviously... Just because six million people are looking doesn't mean they match up to the, job. the eight million jobs that are available. Right. Um, wage growth for the first time was up three point one four percent. We've been looking for that number wow. because wages have not gone up since sometimes in the nineties. So wage growth is pie. <laughs> it is. It is. I have it written down here. And I didn't even really. <clears throat> Um, occur to me. Pie growth. Huh. It's pie growth. Yay. <laughs> but <laughs> these are the best job numbers since 1969. Wow. Incredible. The average person after the tax cuts instituted by Trump, um, they are going to see $2,500 more in their pockets. Yeah. We have not actually done a tax return under the new tax laws because if everyone will remember, the tax return we did this year was by the old laws. Right. So after the first of the year, that will be the first tax return everybody does under Trump tax laws. Okay. Uh, for the first time in a long time, America is the number one rated economy. Unreal. Good. And... Um, we will be taking on healthcare. We have no choice, so that's not really um, 
And Eric noted that we are winning. And he referred to his father as the blue-collar billionaire because he relates so well to blue-collar people and uh, people who come out to his rallies. I kind of like that term. Okay. Uh, I think it's kind of clever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, the next person to speak was Brad Pascal. He is the campaign manager for 2020. Now, in 2016, he was the guy that brought technology to the table. And um, he sort of, I, I don't know whether you say trained Trump to get around the media with technology, meaning Twitter, email, um, this town hall meeting that we had on the telephone the other day. I think you're going to see that used a lot more. Mm, and that is in lieu of televisions. Wow. Okay. You know, you've got um, people are getting away from cable, too. You know, you're seeing streaming services. Yeah. Or you're seeing a repeat. You ever seen yeah. that? Yeah. Have you ever seen that little clip of all the news groups, all the mass media saying the exact same statements? Did you ever see that? Yeah. Oh, I'll have to yeah. send it to you because there's yeah. like a thousand uh, stations in the U.S. all saying the same statement, how much their station cares about, you know, fake news and everything. But it was right across the board, like all the media read the exact same statement. <laughs> well, and remember back when we talked about the advertisers boycotting O'Reilly's show? Right. And others, but the first one, I think, was O'Reilly's one. You know, the rumors were going on that he was, you know, some kind of creepy misogynist. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, and I said, that's really bad because the advertisers should be immune to the content and vice versa. Right. I mean... The advertisers only want to reach the audience. They don't shouldn't give a damn about what's being said, you know. And it was a dangerous precedent. I think it opened the door for places like Fox to say, we have got to get rid of that vulnerability. And they're starting Fox Nation, okay, right. which is a streaming service, and it will cost like $5.99 a month. But I think... It's partly an answer to this censorship. I don't know how much of an answer that is at, at a at a charge monthly. We gotta pay to get our right wing media. Oh yeah, I think we are going to have to pay. <laughs> I think that um it, you know, it's hard for us to get advertising. Yeah, I know because I know right wing. Yeah, I you know. know. And um I, you know, eventually we are hoping to be part of some paid network. <laughs> yeah. You know? But I think that's the way people are going to get the news because there's no choice. No other choices out there. Yeah, I know. And so I think, and I wonder if Trump will start his own um, streaming service. Hmm. And, and when I say Trump, whether he will find some way to get a streaming service going to where he can speak to his people and... Hmm. Two people without Jim Acosta and company. Yeah, exactly. Those kind of people. And so I'm looking 
for the White House to start its own service. Now, whether you would have to pay for it or not, I don't know. But that would be so that they could control content. Yeah. Not a bad idea. So, whatsoever. anyway, Brad Pascal was the one that came up with a lot of this technology that gets around the media and gets the president in touch with his people. Um, I think we're going to see more and more of that. Um, it costs very little money, too. Think about it. Putting a message on Twitter is nothing, it's yeah. free. Yeah, exactly. So, um, he's also someone that has made good use of money. Now, the headliner, of course, was President Trump. He did talk about economy. He really didn't talk about immigrants. He said that we added 250,000 jobs last month, despite two hurricanes. Usually when a hurricane happens, we lose jobs. And we lose so many jobs that we can't come out on the plus side. But we added so many that we came up 250,000 a half. The GDP growth was 4.2. We cannot get above two with Obama. 4.2 is crazy. We were hoping under Trump to get to three. Wow. Consumer and manufacturer confidence is high. To have manufacturing confidence high is crazy good. Because as you know, most of our products have been made in China in recent years. Trump is bringing a lot of that home. Hmm. Um, and believe me, I didn't think he'd be able to because... That is it, it just, some good numbers. Yeah, I mean, and I didn't think it was we would be competitive. Um, he talked about regulation cuts. And um, that's probably been, although we don't see it, you know, right in front of our faces. Uh, a lot of these numbers suggest these regulation cuts were a good idea because companies and industries were just spending a lot of money trying to live up to ridiculous regulations when other countries aren't. And so it, it really doesn't matter what we do, especially when it comes to um, EPA yeah. type standards. If you can't get India and China to regulate, what we're doing is minuscule yeah. compared yeah, I, to what I, they're I, doing. I absolutely agree with that. Now he said that um, trade was good with Mexico under the new agreement. He did brag about having a new deal with Canada and South Korea, but he seems particularly happy with the Mexican agreement. Uh, he said China hurts the U.S. on trade, but he said China is wanting because we are winning with them in these deal talks uh, concerning tariffs. Okay. Hmm. Um, he was really hoping we would keep both the House and the Senate in the election, but he really only believed we would we would keep the Senate. Um, he said, "This is the most." I don't know. The most distressing thing he said was that straightening out health care will take one to two years. Oh. No matter who does it. Ouch. Because we ha we don't have the old system anymore. Unreal. You know, um, Obama tore the old system apart. So it, it's basically got to be rebuilt from the foundation. That's And having good. to do that and keep people covered... 
during a transition period is very difficult. He said he was working on lowering drug prices. We have seen evidence of that. He also said that he signed a, uh, an executive order um, that allows veterans to have a choice of doctors, meaning they can go to a doctor that is not part of the VA, which is a lot better than them waiting two or three months oh, for a yeah. VA doctor and dying in the process. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. Anytime veterans uh, get help quicker, perfect. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. You got to agree there. <laughs> absolutely, we agree on that. So um, progress is happening, happening quicker than he thought. And we're all happy about that. Good. So, you're right. We don't always agree, but life's a journey, and we're all in this together. Thanks for listening. Godspeed, Connor, and Godspeed to all of our friends out there. Godspeed, Grace, and thanks for listening. Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at hostpapa.com. Click the banner on the rightleftchronicles.com for premium unlimited web hosting with the highest rated reviews at the lowest prices.